This podcast brought to you by Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. You can listen at mixcloud.com slash daddy jams. Daddy Jam's Time Space Mixes. Listen at mixcloud.com. Welcome to TBF, a Browns fans podcast. After the bye week, it's six and six. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't res- reflect you know the aspirations that we had at this point in the season. You know, that being said, I think the bye comes at. A really good time for us. I know Kevin, um, the offensive staff, defensive staff, special teams group, um, they're all hard at work, you know, really reviewing everything from the season, you know, whether that's scheme, you know, personnel usage in a manner that um, you know, would allow us to make any necessary adjustments that allows us to play our best football, you know, over the final five weeks of the regular season. When you get an opportunity, whether it's after the Thursday night game or on your bye week, that's when you really dive into it. And I think offense, defense, special teams, uh, you dissect it every which way. And, and you look at it from schematic angles, you look at it from personnel angles, uh, you know, play calling, how you know, certain decisions we make. You just look at all of it and, and say, what are we doing and what's working? You know, I think oftentimes people talk about adversity or, or challenges really when it's convenient. Um, but the reality is it's it's really important to us like as a team and an organization because you know, number one, you know, you learn a lot a lot about people, whether it's you know on the field, you know, publicly, privately, you know, but also adversity is universally important for growth. And I think that that's something that um, you know you know we need as a team, we need as an organization. And I think the next five games provide us with, with a valuable opportunity to grow and work through, you know, what will be a very difficult stretch. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when at first we practice to try to evaluate a damn quarterback's entire future based on his most recent game performance, you know? fucking stupid anyway we got a lot going on in terms of the cleveland browns lost the game they really could have should have needed to win right right okay i got people here with me wake up boys i know it's early (laughs) i'm here okay (laughs) i'm here brown browns uh Browns losing when they really need to win is not what we need to be having. And thank God for a bye. Nobody's playing this week, which is why we waited till Saturday morning to go ahead and put this podcast out right mid smack in between. This is TBF, a Browns fans podcast, episode 12. Yeah, baby. You know what comes next week, boys, right? Oh, yeah. Ravens. The Ravens again. Episode 13. Well, we'll be talking about that victory with the Ravens, and we'll be telling people just why we ain't superstitious. Okay. That's a tradition we're bringing on from the old podcast. We're, we're bringing that forward with us. 
the superstition episode. Why not? I mean, I got a superstition iPhone. <laughs> do you really? Yes, I do. Yes, uh, iPhone 13. Wow. Oh, that's right. It's a superstitious iPhone. No, it's not superstitious. It's a superstition iPhone. If you were superstitious oh, about yeah. my iPhone, it would be pe- because of the quality of its name. To me, it's just an iPhone. Ah, uh, because I ain't superstitious. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, ah, oh, gosh, I don't know, man. Where do, where do you start with this shit here? Uh, interceptions. Mean, wow. Four interceptions. Well, four interceptions. I mean, give it to the defense. I think the defense played well against the Ravens. Yes, they did. You know, yeah. with some notable exceptions like that play and that touchdown where, you know, consider it the game-winning play. Okay? Well, Miles Garrett had Lamar Jackson's arm in his hand. Yeah. Okay. And Clown, I mean, in the, the what? One of the plays they got in position for that was a pass. Clowney and Garrett were both on his tail and he got it away. And you could Clowney throws his helmet down. You could see he's frustrated. But I mean, it's and then you do dude's fast. So all Miles, Garrett, all Miles Garrett could do was run over and congratulate him. It's like, what the fuck, man? That, they, oh. they got back there. They can they contained him. They actually, the defense really did control most of the flow of what they were doing. Didn't let them have too much. Our defense did their job. Yeah, I think well, the on the other did. on the other side of the ball, the offensive, the best offensive line in football didn't look like it, did they? No, they didn't. But that defense, I mean, I give them up. I give them an A. I give them an A. What the fuck? Because mm. yeah, B plus anyway. Right. Because for every play they made, there's a couple they didn't. <clears throat> yeah, but they held them to 16 points. I thought that was pretty good considering playing the Ravens. Should have been enough to win. Yeah. One would think. Should have been more than enough to win. Should have, could have, would have. But, but I guess it's time, guys. We're going to read some articles, but first. The research department at TBF, a Browns fans podcast. Uh, well, we'll have it say here. Who is the research I, department? Oh, that's me. Um, no, no, that's oh. me. That's me. <laughs> you silly guys. Okay, so I've got them basically broken down like this, guys. There were 37 passes, okay? We know that 18 of those were completions, but. Let's break them down. I've broken them down into drops, completions, misses, defended, or thrown away. Now, the misses are what we want to blame Baker Mayfield for. All right? Right. There's seven of those guys. Seven. Okay. He just totally missed seven passes. The guy couldn't catch it, and he was trying to throw to him. It wasn't being thrown away. All right. Three passes were just flat out defended. Okay. They were defended. I mean, nobody, the pass was on target. The receivers where he was supposed to be, but a defender was just right there. Now, is that, uh, are those considered his fault or not no, his fault? No, or they're, they're, if they were, fault. they'd be misses. 
misses are Baker Mayfield's <laughs> fault. Okay. I mean, but was it throwing into coverage that he shouldn't no, have or no? No, these were okay. single coverage okay. plays. This was just a defensive guy that made the play. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. I'm sorry, but you got an outstanding cornerback who makes a Pro Bowl play on you. I don't, is that your fault? Were you supposed no. to see into the future and see that happen? All right. Then, no. then, then, then let's be clear. That's a defended pass. The ones he missed are seven of them. Three All were right. defended. Okay? Okay. Three were thrown away. These were balls that Baker Mayfield threw away to avoid a sack. Which he had to avoid quite a few, I might quite add. Quite often. Okay. Yes. Quite often. The offensive line, they were really sucking at pass protection. And and, yeah. and run blocking, too, because I can't, I can't give them an exception on either. Well, let's face it. The wind went out of their sails when Conklin got injured right after coming back well, in. He's for gone that. for the season now, guys. So what? Yeah. Yeah, so they got to like, gotta be able to do better than they were doing. Uh, I'm going to suit up and go down there, help him out. <laughs> Five dropped passes. Not acceptable. No, especially well, because. the type of drops they were, too. Especially because four of those would have either resulted in points or put us deep in the red zone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not acceptable. Yes. This is so so listen, Baker Mayfield admittedly, I'll tell you, he ain't had his best game in the world. But given what I know about his physical condition and how I saw him limping back from the sidelines when he had to run for his fucking life. Okay. Um, I thought he was delivering the ball quite well. Yeah. <clears throat> I will yeah. um I'll say this. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm looking at the numbers. Been looking at the numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm still in support of Baker because I, I, I still look at it at a realistic viewpoint where I'm like, you know, hey, you can't just get rid of a quarterback and like be like, yeah, we're gonna get another one. It just doesn't work that way in the NFL. Okay, well, this you got other guys true. across the league who are performing less to their standards okay in certain games and winning okay we i could actually say that baker's worst game this year hasn't been as bad as a more elite quarterback's worst game this year okay yeah and some of those elite quarterbacks have won those games one of the examples is matthew stafford oh stafford herbert had a really bad herbert had a bad game is anybody calling for his head Saying no. he's not no. an elite, he's not elite. Baker Baker can play elite one week, and then everybody is coming out, and even his doubters are saying, "Well, I guess he's proven it." There he goes, and the next week he'll have a bad game, or maybe he'll go three weeks. He might go three weeks and be playing the best ball of you know his right. career over the pace of these three last three games, and then he'll have a bad game, and then all of a sudden he's trash. Right now, what like, I will say. To critique Baker here is this, okay? Now, while I'm saying that, I do, and I do believe this, and I bet if I looked at the numbers, I'd probably be right, okay? His worst games this year are probably mild compared to what some people consider the best. Look at Tom Brady's um, week one. Look at Aaron Rodgers' week one. Mm -hmm. Okay? 
Look, Aaron Rodgers week one was horrendous. Okay. The, the Baker has not had a game that bad. Okay. Now, what I will give, what I will say to Baker is this Baker is riding off of the consistency of, of his bottom. Okay. Not being really bad, but he's not peaking very high right now either. So that's Baker's misgiving. Right now, everybody's like, well, Baker's average quarterback. Average quarterback is not unwinnable within the NFL. If you have an average quarterback, you're sitting pretty, pretty as far as what the NFL yeah. standards are. There's okay? a lot of teams wish they had Baker yeah, on their team. There's a lot of teams who wish they had an well, average quarterback. All I'm saying Baker's is, average. All I'm saying okay. is, if you want to be critical of Baker Mayfield, even if you're the Browns, by all means, go ahead and do so, and let that affect what you offer the guy. Right. But the idea. But the idea that because Baker Mayfield's not Mr. It in somebody's fucking eyes, um, and I'm not sure who, okay, right, um, that you're going to cut bait, separate ways with Baker Mayfield and make a guy like Case Keenum your starter is stupid. It's silly. So here's my thing. Even if they make an offer to Baker, Baker doesn't want it right, and he's they there's pressure on him to pay him more. You almost have to because if you let Baker go and you get something worse than him, Baker's going to another team. All these people like, oh, Baker will be a backup. Some no, he'll be a starter somewhere. Drew Brees okay. left. Yeah, Drew Brees left the Chargers and went to the Saints. That's all I'll say. Yes, that's what and, I'm saying. He'll be a starter somewhere else. We will end up not paying him. He'll be a starter somewhere now. The point I want to make is no that I was, guarantee. oh, well, was, what there, was and there's no guarantee we'll get somebody in his place. No, that's <laughs> as good as him. You won't guarantee you get an well, average quarterback that. I think, after that. I think that people that are supporting Baker Mayfield need to stop trying to have the argument with people that Baker Mayfield is or is not elite. Because, first right. of all, that's a very, very subjective definition of what even constitutes that. And and the, the 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 more you dice up these quarterback statistics, uh, the less you really know. And when you think you know a guy, then he goes out there and plays a game that totally defies everything you thought you know. But anyway, you and I well know that Baker has a plethora of detractors. He got some supporters, too. Listen to just the intro to this, and I'll tell you about this video, but this is kind of cool. Or, or so I thought. All right, today's study ball, we're taking a look at Baker Mayfield. You guys know me. I have no problem with analyzing any position. I have no problem with criticizing any position as long as you know what you're talking about, as long as you've got the facts to back it up. Nothing frustrates me more than when I hear somebody say something and then I watch the tape and watch the film or I've already watched the film and I say, that's not true. Whatever they're saying is not true. Don't just go out there and make comments. It frustrates me is that, hey, be analytical, be critical of guys. If you know what you're talking about, push guys to be better and, and point out where they're not playing great at a particular time. Anyway, that's Kurt Warner from his YouTube channel, yeah. Study Ball. And he goes through and he he goes through Baker's last game, the first half, okay, against the Ravens. And he literally takes every critical point and he'll show you that, yeah, Baker made a couple mistakes, but no more not near would not near had near as much effect on the game. 
as the drops, the inappropriate drops. And what the hell after you? Okay, ask yourself this, and 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 this will make my point, and I'm going to pass it on to you guys to talk about this point. Okay. Baker Mayfield fades back, and he throws a 37-yard dart to fucking Hooper down the field. Nice completion. First down in enemy territory. You're on your way to scoring points, right? Right. So what does our offensive genius of a fucking coach of the year goddamn do? Trick play. Yeah, man. Let's do a direct jab snap to Jarvis Landry because why not interrupt the flow of our quarterback who's had a hard time getting in flow? Why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 yeah. had rhythm all down the field with the run and the pass and a yeah. good drive. And yeah, then all let's, of a sudden, yeah, let's what? fuck this one up. So what I'm telling you is if you want to, as a Browns fan, be looking at someone to blame them now. His name is Kevin Stefanski, and shut the fuck up about my quarterback. Right. Now, you guys, go ahead and have your Okay. Say. I want to finish up my point I was trying to make before, okay? Because I'm looking at the numbers, and we're sitting here with Baker at like an 89 quarterback rating, okay? Which ain't bad, and, guys. I mean, everybody wants to say bad. how average that is, but it's the high side average. I'll give you that. Right. But it is uh, it is the high side of it. High side. What high side of average? And even if you're looking in perspective, because I'm about to put it in perspective, you have Taylor mm-hmm. Hinkie, right? No, Washington yeah. doesn't have the best record. They're about the same record as us, right? They're five and six. Is that the same record as us? Might be exactly what we are. Mm, yeah, no, we're nine. six and six. We're, we're six, six and six. six. Right. So they're about right where we are, right? Heineke so is good, is, though. Right? Heineke is good. He's a little bit higher than Baker. He's 91.3. Let me finish. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more, and it gets even screwier. What's Lamar Jackson? Everyone loves oh, Lamar he's like Jackson. 86, he isn't he? He's 87.5. He's yeah. worse than Baker. Okay? Makes a lot of mistakes. Just won a game with four interceptions. Okay? Ryan Tannehill. On one of the better teams in the league this year, right? What do you think his quarterback rating is? It's 84.7. You think he hasn't had a worse game than Baker this year? Wow. Just right. you, yeah. Tyrod Taylor, 82.4. Chad Heaney, 80.7. But Chad Heaney is obviously a backup this year. But yeah. I'm just pointing out notable names here that I see. You know, as I go down here, Sam Darnold. Would you rather have Sam Darnold fans? Seventy-one point oh three. He's had some pretty bad games this year. He looked as well. I mean, I mean that's what I'm saying. People, you, would, you get and, these, you get these doggone ESPN, Fox Sports, every brand there is. One of them, had, one of them has a pundit who is. It appears anyway at this stage that that's his job in life is to detract from Baker Mayfield. Okay, it's just oh, Colin Coward. Oh, no, but it doesn't matter. It's Colin Coward on one network. It's somebody else on another network. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter right. what his fucking name is. Colin Coward is hoping that people can fucking remember his name, and the only reason they do is because of how much he comes out and talks about Baker Mayfield. Okay, Colin Coward is like, he's got a show. God bless him. Okay, but I've never said, <clears throat> geez, I don't know what to think. Let me see what Colin said. Okay. I have, uh, <laughs> I, I actually I have like some Colin very Coward good stats. Bit, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I like them on some stuff. Some stuff I don't. Uh, 
I got some really uh, unusual stats that one might not look for, but a friend of mine dug about. Well, let me and, ask you uh, both a question before we move on from this Colin Cowherd shit. Okay, hold on just a second. Anytime in your life you were as related to sports, I'm not going to take, take it out of sports, but as related to sports, you were... You just didn't know about a situation and you knew that. And once you checked in with Colin Coward, you'd be able to make up your mind. <clears throat> no, I. All right. No, I rest my fucking case. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. So here you go. Um, Baker at 13,528 yards is fourth on the Browns and would be third all time on the Steelers, second all time on the Ravens. Sixth all-time on the Bengals. At 86 touchdowns, is fifth on the Browns and would be third all-time on the Steelers. Second all-time on the Ravens. Sixth all-time on the Bengals. Context. Can he be better? Hell yeah. But please stop and smell the roses. This is solid quarterback play in a division that has had very little of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I can agree with that when I'm, when I'm also... I want to make the point like and what I'm saying to say that I am in support of Baker, but I'm not trying to be someone who's not critical of his play. Baker has a low interception total, but he also has a low touchdown total. Okay. Baker is people, what people are seeing, they're like, he's average. Okay. And right now the numbers are showing Baker is he's above average. I would put him in the above average. Now he's, he's low touchdown okay. level this year, maybe, but not overall in his entire, yeah, but that career. doesn't matter though. We are talking about this year. People want to win this year. Uh, we start talking about total, then we can get more of a team aspect and we can say like, try to look at more of what's not working. And then that gets people straight off of Baker's back. I, I watched the Michael Vick thing. Okay. What Michael Vick said. And I agree with what Michael Vick said, because Michael Vick was basically the same way. He's not, not in support of Baker because he's played quarterback and he knows Baker is talented. Baker is good. Baker's not making crazy <clears throat> amount of mistakes. He needs help from this, his team to win the game. But like Michael Vick said, the places where Baker could make more plays, right? If that's, that's how you make your name into carry. Okay. So it's mm. not Baker's fault and it is Baker's fault. Baker is riding on above average right now. Okay. Can you win with above average? We have seen if you put a dude who's above average in a situation to where his talents flourish, I'm going to bring up his name again. I'm notorious <clears throat> now for bringing his name up because he's like the poster boy for it, Eli Manning. Take an average dude, put him in a situation where like, all of a sudden, one of his intangibles isn't so average anymore. You end up with someone who's elite in a certain situation, okay? And he took advantage of those situations. Well, the, okay? the, the, heart, the problem with Eli <clears throat> was simple. You had to get him to that situation before it fucking mattered. So you had right, to have but, awesome defense or pass rush right. or something going that would get you there. In other words, right. Eli himself wasn't the guy that would get you to the big game. But in that moment in the big game, he would he stand up and you. answer. Yeah. Guess who else sees a lot in Baker? Someone who is arguably his parallel, and that's Drew Brees. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't Okay, guys, that. speaking of Baker, and you having said what you say, I'm going to insert this here. Guys, listen to this. Well, maybe. Oh. You know, Especially from a you know from a long term perspective, you really try and take 
you know, a big, big picture approach. Um, it, it really, with any player, you know, it's about body of work over, you know, really over several years and also taking into context the, the environment or a, a particular individual situation. We've seen Baker play a lot of good football here. We've seen Baker play good football, you know, this season. Um, I know he's excited and we're excited for the opportunity ahead of us, you know, and we expect him to play his, his best football moving forward over the next five weeks. We all know. Now, that's the guy that really counts. And I'm glad to hear him talking sanity. Now, he also said, and you can infer or read between these lines if you like, and I think Baker ought to, at least from the standpoint of what offer to expect, right? Um, we expect him to play his best ball over the next five weeks. Now, if Baker was to not play his best ball over the next five weeks, you think that's going to affect the offer the Browns may make to him during the offseason as far as the contract extension goes? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Okay. I think I Baker knows that. They know that. But that's not what this is about. This is about Andrew Barry standing up and saying, Baker Mayfield's our quarterback. Baker Mayfield yeah. is injured now, admittedly. Baker Mayfield has played good ball for us this year. Okay. And we expect him to play better ball for us down the stretch. Right. And here's the thing. If, if you don't want to pay him or you need to time to decide, you could franchise him for a year. Well, you can, but that's not the ideal situation. That is in and of itself. I mean, I'm not right. telling you that Baker's not it's putting the franchise in the place that they're going to have to do that. But in and of itself, that is a, a public statement of a lack of confidence in this person as right. your long-term starter. I was about to say the franchise tag has, I think somebody said this in the media one time, and I thought it was a good way of looking at it. It's become a hostage tag. When you put yeah. a franchise tag on somebody, you're basically saying, yeah, we're holding them hostage. Don't know if we want to pay them the big shit or not yet. Yeah, so we're going to put the hostage tag on them. Right. Is that yeah. what they did with Phil Dawson? That's what they did with Kirk Cousins, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Her cousins got had that for a long time until he finally got out of Washington. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Um, what I find interesting is all of the chatter. Okay. Um, it, man, so much so. It's so negative, Baker Mayfield, that honest to goodness, I talked about reading a couple articles. Fuck that shit. I got no time for it, man. And they're making my brain hurt. And the Browns are in a situation. Listen, they played themselves into the situation. Nobody's to blame but them. But Baker Mayfield's not to blame for it. They are as a group. So in as much as he's a part of that group, he's to blame for it. But the defense played admirably, caused four turnovers. Right. But they also allowed those 16 points, which was enough to win the game. You know, if your offense can't get it done, it's the defense's job to stand up and do it. And I don't know why, but, uh, you know, I keep hearing the term complimentary football. And I know there's a couple games that you could cite that we really nailed the formula. But I, you know, I, you know, we saw this a lot with Freddie Kitchens. And I'm not saying directly that this is what Kevin Stefanski is up to. But in a journey of the ego, a guy can start to believe his own fucking press. And, uh, you know, he sees his contemporary, these young freewheeling head coaches going for it on fourth down all the time. You know, sometimes common goddamn sense has to root a fucking day and a trick right. play 
a trick play at the time it came in that game was literally a drive killer. All right. Uh, because we turned the ball over, not, not that it wouldn't, you know, just this call it an incompletion. Let's say Jarvis gets that pass off and it's incomplete, right? You still killed the drive. Right. Why would you do that? And, and well, listen, why would you do that was the perfect response for Kevin Stefanski to have when after the game he was asked if he was going to bench Baker. Why right. would we do that? Now, um, well, you now know. I didn't hear, uh, I forget the guy he was talking to, uh, Tony Grossi's response to when I he said, why would I shit. do that? And it's totally I, I, mean, I, would, I would still, just for my own sanity, I would love to hear what no, he said. Not for mine. Tony Grossi has absolutely no impact at all on what the Browns will or won't do. Tony Grossi has earned himself a reputation as an agitator and the guy that will ask the most inappropriate, difficult, and didn't need to be asked goddamn question at the time. Yeah. Here's my thing. I I got this from somebody who plays football, who played football anyway, right? So, and it got me thinking, you know what I mean? It actually was about a different conversation, but it got me thinking about Baker because we were talking Mm -hmm. about elite quarterbacks, right? You know, guys like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to throw it where you're supposed to be. They got the wisdom because they've been in the league a long time. We're just talking about intangibles of stuff that athletes or people that do something for a long time, how wisdom piles on them and why they're able to keep doing something, even though the the physical ability wanes. It's because, you know, they know what's going to happen. Everything's there. Start clicking, you know what I mean? When the mind meets the body, well, and I don't want to have much to wait till Baker's left. played 15 right? no, 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 years to reap the fruits. Okay. That's, not, okay. right. <laughs> that's not where I'm going yeah. with this. That's All not right. where I'm going. Okay, what I'm simply saying is the things that they do, and you watch them do. Okay, now one of the things you'll see a lot of those, those quarterbacks do, okay, is when it's time to take a pot shot deep, a pot shot for a deep pass, they take a pot shot for a deep pass. Okay, whether they're going to get it, they, you, that ball be overthrown, maybe or something if they, they're not able to get that. But they do it. You, you know what I mean? We don't do that. OK, everything's. Well, but wait, it, wait, here, one of the things that. they do, one of the things that these guys do when they take that pot shot, they already seen a guy that's beat his fucking coverage. Right. Okay, yes. well, but wait, the, the big things happening with the Browns and there was a breakdown on PFF. Uh, where they basically showed it, man, um, Brown's receivers are getting open at the lowest percentage rate, okay, of any team that is currently in the hunt for a playoff spot. Yeah, that can't be. But that, I mean, but if you want to talk about what's wrong with the passing game in Cleveland, they were, listen, Wink Martindale was bringing the extra man on almost every down, which meant you had man coverage. We had man coverage all day long, every down that we passed, and our guys couldn't get open. And the Ravens aren't even that good of a pass defense. Baker can see when his guys aren't open, and he's not going to throw the ball to a guy that's not open. Love that about Baker Mayfield. Please, love that about him. 
because we we've you know had what? guys you know we've had guys that couldn't see that. Remember? Here's, okay. here's I get what you're saying. A lot of people are attributing that to him not having vision, and it's not that. It's not that because when you look at that's what I tell everybody go watch that Kurt Warner video because he takes the coach's view, okay, the sky and eye, eye in the sky view, and shows you where even on ones that Baker didn't throw, he'll show you the why he didn't throw that one because while that looks open to you, this is here's what the quarterback sees, okay, and. Like I'm saying, all things are not as they appear. And if you just want to, you know, everybody wants to sound like a football expert, they don't, but they don't really want to let the facts guide them. They want to have their opinion, and then they only recognize facts that support their opinion. And, and right. here's the you thing. Know, you don't see the whole game. We don't see the whole game on the picture screen. We don't see the whole field. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Now, if you, if you really want to have that ability to look at it with your own eyes, you know, the NFL's got a way for you to do that. You can pay for that fucking, what do they call that? Not the, It's not the Sunday ticket. It's the game pass, right? Because then mm-hmm. come Tuesday every week, the coach's view video is out. And you can look at it eye in the sky view, and you can see where every player's at, what the coverage was that the quarterback saw pre-snap, who who basically was lying after the snap? Did he did he did he cover? Did he fall? And remember, the quarterback has reads. So if this guy this guy's going this way, if this guy follows him, well now that's your hot receiver, and right. he's going through a progression like that. Listen, the thing I appreciated about Kurt Warner, and I didn't realize he had done one that week, but when the whole controversy was out there with Odell Beckham Jr.'s daddy sending that tape out, he analyzed a lot of. A lot of downs where Odell Beckham Jr. was, and I'm using my Dr. Evil fingers here, open, okay? But based on the play that was called and the way the progression would run on that play, it's easy to see why Baker didn't throw to him in most of those cases. And, yes, there's a couple where Baker just missed an open Odell. He didn't see him. Right. But in those cases where he didn't see the open Odell, he did see somebody open and completed the ball to them. I just want to say that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I mean, but that's what I was getting saying. Like I got that from a, from a guy who plays football though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just started thinking the Browns don't do that for whatever reason it is, whatever it is, if it's because of receiving or whatever, they're not doing that. You, You can't. What I'm saying is, it's like we're going on Stefanski. Want to think of him as a good coach? Maybe Stefanski right now is like, man, my stuff is just not working. It's because you're bottling, you're boxing yourself up. Any well, not- defense that plays against somebody, if you box yourself up into something, it's like I only got to do this. This is what I got to deal with. This is limited okay. to this. You but, take away the but, deep. And uh, but here's then, the other know, thing. He's falling into the same trap the kitchens was falling into, guys. I'm trying to tell you. It ain't unexpected if you do it all the time. Running on right. you pass it right. on first down can really work when you got a running team stacked like the Browns, okay? Right. But but it ain't unexpected when you do it all the time. If you start no. passing every first down, which, which listen, in the game we lost, the low score game that we lost. With the running game we got, the running backs we had, and all three were healthy for the game, right? What is the excuse that we ran the ball 16 times? 
It's just none. There's none. You know, I don't care. I don't care if you're loading a box or I don't not. Care. I get it. Well, Dude, you dare me to run. Down. Listen, if there's any team in the National Football League that is outfit to be dared to run and then to run and be successful at it, it's the Cleveland Browns. Right. Well, you got to wear a team down, too. If you just play like you got to keep them up enough. Man, well, that's the a team that commits to the running game has to be prepared for one thing. Okay, there is no team in the history of the NFL that ever was the best running team that didn't have a game where they were stuffing them to begin with. Okay, and then they kept at it and then broke through. You wear them down when they get tired. You're not. Exactly. That's how it works. Dude, you have Hunt and Chubb and DeErnest, all three healthy and suited for the game. You know, and not you to run the ball, and you run the ball sixteen times. I don't care who says what. And listen, we're we're not going to hear that discussion right now because it's not time to have a coaching controversy in Cleveland. But no. I would, I trust that Andrew Barry has had these conversations, and I believe that in the discussions that he had on State of the Browns at the bye. That he actually did address that, you know, Kevin Stefanski, one of the things he enjoys about him is his openness and his introspection because he can see what he needs to correct. Okay. These words coming out of your general manager's mouth in front of a microphone on state of the team say to me that he is aware that the coach has been <laughs> fucking up. Okay. That's <laughs> All right. I want, um, I want to just interject and go back to uh, Chubb. Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're not running him enough, and I know it's not all about Chubb, but since we have him and it's the running game that we have, and it's very elite, by the way, I'm really a little bit salty about them not running him enough because it's fucking with his numbers. He well, could be well wait a minute. Two. Wait a minute. I, uh, isn't that what Freddie Kitchens season. did? Isn't that what Freddie Kitchens did? Here he had a guy that was literally going into the last game of the season only 16 yards behind Derrick Henry for the rushing lead. Derrick Henry's team hands the ball to him 24 times, and he you know, gets another 200 fucking yards. We give the ball to Chubb 16 times, one for each yard he was behind, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is our problem. It's just, I don't, like, the way the game went, like I critique some stuff. We, it came out, and I really want to say, because people are saying a B for the defense. I want to give the defense almost an A+. Plus because if before that game started, okay, before last week even started, everybody's fear would be Lamar Jackson running all over the place. They did not let him run mm-hmm. all over the place. Okay, they did exactly the kind of thing that we needed them to go out and do. Okay, because there even was a couple of blitzes. Okay. Oh, there was. There was. I mean, I I don't know that I would have necessarily liked to see them blitz more. I think it was. I'm not. No. There was a couple of key plays that didn't get made. Like, for instance, I mean, you know, take the touchdown to the tight end, right? Right. No, Miles Garrett's right there. He's got his hand on. Lamar Jackson's arm. Any other quarterback that disrupts the flow enough to make that incompletion. I believe this that. is true. I mean, I get, I get you, but here, here's my thing: is you can't expect the dude's a former MVP. You can't expect to go in this game and he makes no plays. 
Uh, that's unrealistic. Well, so but, the fact but, that you but, held and them, them to Browns, points, Wait, but we're Browns fans, and I'm glad the team is not coming away like this, okay? Where Browns fans look at this and they say, why can't our guy do that? Well, because that's not the guy we picked. We didn't pick last pick of the first round, Lamar Jackson. We picked first pick of the first round, Baker Mayfield, who is extremely talented at the fundamental skills that are required traditionally for a quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's good okay. you're saying this because I'm going to make because you done, because, make a point. because traditionally the skills that are valued for a quarterback are the skills that Baker Mayfield has. Now, right. we have a league that may well be changing. In other words, I don't think that Lamar Jackson in this day and age is the exception to the rule that Mike Vick was in his day. No. And no. people and are think- looking for that combination athlete. And But here, here, here's the deal. As hard as a good quarterback is to find, how much harder is it to find a guy that can impact the game with his legs and his arm both? Right. And do so I, consistently. I will say this, even on the subject of Michael Vick, I think Lamar's a little bit more with his legs, not necessarily that Vic was less of an athlete, but Vic had more of an arm than right. Lamar Jackson does. But I'll, tell okay. you, I'll just say this. Every time I start to doubt Lamar Jackson's arm, yeah, I know he, he pulls some, some shit, shit like that play. Right. And that that's I you know, I don't know what to say about that play because how that ball got there, I don't know. But then to have a receiver to understand to sacrifice himself for that ball and get down low and get that thing. Right. Now, I mean, the whole thing was phenomenal. Now, the point I was going to go forward with on quarterbacks in general is, so you got um, Vic, right? And Vic is right. what he is, okay? I mean, not Vic, uh, Lamar Jackson, okay? Yeah. Lamar Jackson is what he is. He's former MVP, okay? He is... Lower quarterback rating, see, even this year, lower quarterback rating than Baker, right? I look at it this. Baker is being very, he's not fluctuating much, okay? And this is also my critique for him this let year. Me, let he me hasn't ask you a question about Cleveland. Let me ask you a question about Cleveland as it relates to Lamar Jackson. Let's just say, just put yourself in an alternative universe and we draft Lamar Jackson. Is anybody in Cleveland patient enough to get through that first year of his, to get him to his MVP season? To I modify, don't think so. Wait, to modify, are they going to try to modify an offense to fit this unique talent they got? Or are they going to try to jam this peg of a Lamar Jackson into a normal offense that Cleveland's running? See, right. this is the See. difference. The difference with what John Harbaugh has done with Lamar Jackson was he had success with Flacco, and Flacco fell off quick, guys, okay? He went from MVP to what the fuck in, in like three years, okay? Uh, to the point where John Harbaugh's ready to cut bait and move on. And he wanted him a quarterback so he could move on. And everybody else that was anybody else got taken except for Lamar Jackson. He's picking last, and he says, fuck it, let's try it, okay? Right. Because he, his brother had Wink Mart, his brother had, uh, oh, come on, I can't remember the offensive coordinator's name there, but he's the same guy that coordinated the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick at quarterback. Kaepernick. 
Oh, so okay. bottom line is he went and got the personnel to do the thing that he wanted to do. Right. Okay. And he said, let's try this out. Cause if we can get this kid to where he can throw reasonably well, okay. With a modicum of accuracy and with what the talent he brings in the running game, we're going to be hard to stop if we can make hard that work. Right. No, now the point I was going to make, though, is that you got Lamar Jackson a little bit worse quarterback rating than Baker. They're both in the same field as far as that this year. What's the difference between them? Baker is pretty much consistent within those confines of what that rating is, right? Lamar Jackson is dipping a lot lower than that and then dipping a lot higher and then peaking a lot higher. Like literally, he's dipping a lot lower and then peaking a lot higher. So those plays he's peaking a lot higher, you're seeing ridiculous stuff. And then the place he's peaking a lot lower is a pick. Is right. it now? Now here's where the here's where it's interesting. Now, do you want that in a quarterback? Sometimes you have to understand it's the same dynamic you had with Brett Favre. You can only dip so low. It's, it's the pick. sword that you live it's and die pick. by, no matter what it is. Right. I would it's, say it is this. A, it's a sword you did. Look, well, I just want to finish this. It's okay. a sword you live and die by, but the pick is only ever going to be as bad as it is, unless it's a pick six, right? Mm-hmm. But the pick is only ever as bad as it is. A pick's a pick. That's as low as it goes. You know what the low is, right? You don't know what the high is. But but right? see, if you get a you guy got that people so high, but you got people criticizing Baker Mayfield on a standard that the team doesn't even want him to uphold. Okay, no, the team is not built that kind of standard this, either. This Cleveland Browns team is not <laughs> built in such a way that it depends on the quarterback to make plays like that. That's not what it's for. And and what really disturbed me about the game this past Sunday was that Kevin Stefanski allowed Wink Martindale to dictate his offense to him. Yep, sure did. And that's coaching. I don't care if you load the box. If you're the Cleveland Browns and you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you pound that ball. You pound that ball. Yes, Baker Mayfield's going to have to fade back to pass, but if you're consistently pounding that ball on time, then when you do go play action, that's what makes it work. This continually coming out under center, trying to do play action on first down when it's really they're loading the box and and that that run blitz can just as easily disrupt the pass, okay? It doesn't matter. Wink Martindale's blitz, blitzing on damn near every down. The problem I have with people and the criticism of Baker, whether uh, warranted or not, is that they want to put the entire fault on him and like the quarterback, like he doesn't carry the team. And and I get it to a degree. But no, it's okay. There's play calling. There's all kinds of things in the now, offense having, that are dysfunctional ha- ha- right having now. Having said all that, having said all that, I can look to the past and 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 kind of put that into what my expectations can be about the present. Correct. Every right. time Baker Mayfield's actual worth as a quarterback has been questioned and he's played as dismally as you think he can. And he's got everybody damn near in consensus that I, he's just average. He stands up and throws a pearl. 
Okay. Right. This has been throughout his college career. Okay. Into his pro career. Uh, I just want to take you, if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, I think I asked you this question in a, in a conversation we had this last week. You, It's rhetorical in nature, but you watched the Browns, you know, in, in Baker's rookie season where he only played eight games, only four of which were under Freddie Kitchens. But he threw, he broke the rookie touchdown record anyway with only half a season's worth of play. Imagine, if you will, had he played the whole year, had he not had Hugh Jackson, you know, just being the guy that's not going to start a rookie. Okay. Right. Um, and then the second year, great expectations, but big letdowns, correct? Right. But a bounce back mm -hmm. in the third year, a bounce back with yet a third coach, but a bounce back. Okay. Yeah. Baker's already proven to you he can bounce back from adversity. So what if this year doesn't work out? What if you don't make the playoffs? Okay. Yeah, it's disappointment. It's underperformance, but it's no reason to say this is fail. No, we already exactly. know. We already have history that we know that this guy in particular and this team can bounce back from it. And and those teams that do win championships are those teams that have gone through, been tested by adversity, and responded to it. And I'll just say this. I heard, I've heard Kevin Stefanski say this. I've heard Andrew Barry say this. I've heard Baker Mayfield say this. Well, if this isn't adversity, I don't know what is. And now is our moment. So yep. shut the fuck up and leave us alone. Let us get ready. God damn it. You know, <laughs> right. No, no. And look, I want to um, like. Quick thing, this would be pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Our offenses and what you expect from a quarterback. Okay. And um, like, just like what we're looking at and what we're wanting and what people are seeing and like what they're expecting and what's realistic. Okay, best offenses of all time. What's the best offense of all time? Hmm. You talking about points output? Points, yards, all of it. The whole shebang. Greatest show on earth. I'd say, say. say greatest show on turf. That's going to be the St. Louis uh, Rams of the. Early two Ks, <clears throat> late nineties, early two Ks. Ask that question That's again. Real close, real close. The best offense of all time. Ooh, ooh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, then it's going to be Brady's seventeen and old season that I was he lost say, to Manny. Yeah, real it, close, but not no. No, that's not I it was either. Say Brady. Oh, yeah. Okay. Twenty thirteen. Nope. Nope. Oh no! Okay, that was not it. I'm gonna go. Dad already guessed the Rams. You, you, you two both guessed that. I told you oh, real, okay. real close, okay. but no. So the best team, best offense of all time, anyway, was yeah. Denver Broncos 2013. With Manning, with Manning, yes, average 400, 457.3 yards per game. Okay, on passing 340, rushing 117 <clears throat> a game, 37.9 points per game. Best offense. 457 yards a game. Yep. No now, shit. Second best offense of all time was, you were correct, 1999 St. Louis Rams, 400 yards a game, 272.1 passing yards a game, 128.7 rushing yards a game, 32.9 points per game. Yeah, because okay, I mean, think three, about the passing game they had and they could hand the ball to Marshall Falk. 
Marshall okay, Falk. And Marshall yeah. Falk was part of the passing game, too. That's why they were yeah. so deadly. Because he was in there every play, and you were like, okay. Is it Reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Oh, oh, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, number three was also one of your guesses. 2007 New England Patriots, 412, 411 yards per game. And was 07 the Randy Moss year? Passing. I don't actually think this was the um, Randy Moss. No, this was the Randy Moss year. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, this was the Randy Moss year. They were were prolific because remember now, correct me if I'm wrong, but they had Hernandez and Gronk at the time. Mm, Did they? They might have. Yeah, I think that that's what made that team hat. so goddamn potent is they had the two tight ends. They had Randy Moss, and I can't remember who the other wideout was, but he benefited too. Okay. And it's like the passing game was stupid. Yes, it was ridiculous. So to uh, finish this out here, they had 411.2 yards per game, 295 passing, 115.6 rushing, 36.8 points per game okay i'll continue on to number four and number five to finish it out i won't really can i interject a stupid off the wall question that just crossed my mind because we mentioned them i mentioned him and that was hernandez right so here greatest coach arguably maybe ever in the national football league and have a motherfucking problem at all and i'm not saying they knew that hernandez was capable of doing what he was eventually convicted of but there had to be character concerns and or fucking issues given what he was eventually convicted of and how it went down. Okay. Right. And they didn't give a shit because he was catching them balls for Bill Belichick. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And no, never, right. never, not once was the Patriots organization ever looked at Criticized. and said, are you vetting these guys? What no, the fuck? Are you, yeah, exactly. Are you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway. It's the point to take with all the criticism that the Raiders have got. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Aaron Hernandez, one time. Say it with me, one time. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry, I had to say that. So, number four, 2018 Kansas City Chiefs. I actually didn't expect them to be number four. Wow. Wow. Okay. Was that with uh, Alex Smith? No, that's Mahomes. No, that's Mahomes. Mahomes. Oh, that was Mahomes. Oh, my bad. He's my already bad. made his I'm mark, man. That's the fourth best oh, okay. offense of all time. Fifth <clears> best <throat> offense, 2011. Green Bay Packers. Wow. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. And then there's number six, 1998 the Minnesota 2021 Vikings. Cleveland Browns, right? No. Oh, no. Okay. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no. Number six, 1998 Minnesota Vikings. So Randy Moss is on here in the top twice, team. twice. Yes, sir. That's right. Well, there you go. And wait, yeah. who was the quarterback? Was Cole Pepper still throwing the ball? I think Cole Pepper was throwing. Here, let me see. Robert Smith was the running back. We know that. Damn, they have nothing like that. Randall Cunningham was the quarterback. Oh, it was Randall. Randall Cunningham, Randy Moss, and Robert Smith. My God, man, they had an offensive That was the Randall attack. Cunningham year. That was the Randall Cunningham year. Big, big stuff. They so, a hell of Breeze is on attack. here as well in the top 10. He's number eight after the. But, but the number the, nine is the 2021 Cleveland Browns, right? Well, I'll get there. Okay. The number okay. seven <laughs> is the Falcons yep. in 2016. Then it's Drew Breeze, 2011. 
Uh-huh. And then it is actually the 1983 Washington Redskins. Ah, okay. Wow, well, that was during the days of the uh, Hogs, wasn't it? Yes, Theisman. sir. Yes, it was. Yes. As Joe Theismann. Yeah. And then number 10 to end it out is Jim Kelly, Buffalo Bills, 1990. Oh. Oh, wow. See, Baker didn't make the list. He's no good. Um, the Browns are didn't. not even on honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. Well, that's so what because because our quarterback is trash, man. Wow. Our quarterback <laughs> is trash, man, because he's not. Well, but, now he's only been in the, to, he's I mean, but no, I mean, just all I'm saying is it's the attitude of some of these people is like so Baker's been in the league for four years now, and he isn't already one of the most prominent quarterbacks to ever play the game, so he's a failure. Right. And it's it's like okay. if that's gonna be he your litmus test to a superstar, if that's yes, gonna be your litmus test, but if that's gonna be your litmus test for a quarterback to to be one. viewed as successful by the fan base in Cleveland, then you're never going to have it. You're never going right. to get yeah. there because you're right. never going to have faith enough in a guy to ever get to realize that. Right now, check this they, out. Now all this and have Tom right, Brady. Right. Okay, look. Let me let me finish this out. Now I did this because we're talking about the view of people have for quarterbacks. Yes, there's some young quarterbacks on here. Mahomes is probably the anomaly of the whole list. He's number four here and relatively like a rookie at the time that he does it, right? Hey, guess what? Dan Marino Rogers, took his team. Dan Marino took his team to the Super Bowl in his rookie season. And he never, never fucking back. sniffed the game again. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay, but a finishing but he's this one of the greatest point. quarterback. Right. Yeah. yeah, okay. That doesn't that uh, let me finish this out, okay? Yeah. Rodgers, also young, but every other quarterback on this list that led an offense was either in the mid part of their career or their literal prime. Okay, for crazy good offense. Okay, we're expecting Baker to like carry a team on his back with his arm. And most of these guys who did that, that are historic for having these crazy offenses. Okay, at the time, were already known as elite due to a done something right okay and they were in their prime doing the crazy stuff now, okay now, now to be fair got there yet to be fair though it takes to time fa- to develop to be fair though there was a moment in this game with two minutes on the clock that baker actually it was more like a minute 40 wasn't it for us right that baker could have and again, and again, for this to happen in the context of this Browns game against those Ravens, again, he'd have had to have the proper support of the good play call, which he didn't have. Okay. He'd have had to have the proper support of receivers who can fucking get open on man coverage. Okay. Which he didn't have. All right. But it's just once again, there was another opportunity where the common, the, the common theme is. Baker needs to, in that moment, because they don't mind putting up the stat, in games where the Browns have the ball in the last two minutes with the opportunity to tie or win, Baker Mayfield is 3-17. and 17. Okay. Yeah, 
That's I right. Mean, I understand, but you can't then make the play in the receiver drops and then be like, well, he's still three. Well, I, well, I mean, come on. Well, no, if no. Kirk I Warner- would say I would say that that number. I mean, again, I'm telling you, this is the detractors argument against him. And this is what always comes up. But it, it would be, would warm my heart and it should warm the cuckles of everybody who is a supporter of Baker Mayfield. If in one of these fucking situations sometime in the not too distant mm-hmm. future where the Browns have the ball in their hands control control their own destiny in the space of a game in the fourth quarter that this guy comes out, plays quarterback admirably and marches us down the field to get those win the game points. Right. Okay. Because it'll at least shut everybody up for a fucking week. Okay. <laughs> this is true, but well, yeah, saying- here's the thing. Everybody, everything else around him has to function at that same rate as well. well. That's, so- that's it. But the, the yeah. detractors are not going to listen. The detractors only want to see the turmoil. See, listen, if you spend 20 years and come on, some of these people never saw successful Browns play, you know, some of the younger fans. Okay. All they've known is the Browns since 99. And what do the Browns do when a quarterback doesn't work out? You scream for the other guy, whoever he is. It doesn't matter who the fuck's on your bench. He automatically becomes the favorite of the fan base. Yeah. Come on. Remember Charlie Fry? Oh God! Okay. <laughs> well, how we we wanted Charlie to succeed so badly. We did. Oh, we really did. Yes, we did. <laughs> but was there ever a fucking chance? That's what you must ask yourself. Looking back, hell no. Look, well, looking at it right then at that time, there wasn't, and you could have known it if you'd have been objective. But we yeah. weren't. We weren't objective, and we aren't when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Here, here's the truth. I'm a guy who well, I was not a proponent of drafting Baker Mayfield. I was a little bit disappointed that we did. Okay. Um, Baker Mayfield has, with his play on the football field, won me over as a supporter of him. Uh, yeah, we can do this thing long term with him. Your team has to be constructed in such a way that it's not depending on Baker Mayfield to be Lamar Jackson. I mean, come right. on. If, if the Browns want a guy like Lamar Jackson, they should draft a guy like Lamar Jackson. Okay. <laughs> but that's not who they drafted. And by the way, I will add, it's not what they need. We haven't, we have the best running game in the league. But when exactly. It's, when it's doing what it's exactly. supposed to. Exactly. So it's to me, don't, well, for even for that matter. If the if the Browns want a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, and we're talking about prime Ben, not Ben now, okay, all right. But you, that's the guy you got to draft. You don't draft right. Baker Mayfield and then bemoan the fact that he's not Ben Roethlisberger, okay? Right. I mean, I'm just saying. In other words. When they drafted Baker Mayfield, they knew who the fuck he was. They knew who they got. Right. Right. And there's no point in any fan or for that matter. And thank God that this team appears to be in. in, And I'm talking about in terms of the front office and the coaching staff and the ownership built in such a way that they all know what they've agreed on by drafting and, and developing Baker Mayfield. And they're not looking, they're not swayed by the argument that says Baker Mayfield is not Justin Herbert. Okay. Right. Listen, Justin Herbert carries in, in in his game itself its own risk okay and how he develops down the road may be good or bad depending okay listen Carson Wentz within the space of his short career has shown us both the ups and the downsides of a guy like that 
Mm-hmm. You get him in the right system, and he can work magic for you. You get him hurt, and all of a sudden, that mobility that he's got has gone away. Right. Now, now you're down to just the quarterback skills. And I'm not saying that Herbert's going to get hurt. Herbert's a big dude, and he can run. But sooner or later, if you're out there doing it, you're going to get hit, and one of them hits is going to hurt. And and about the time they stand you still, then it's another deal, isn't it? Right. And and I think Baker Mayfield, even even for his game, because what you're not seeing, so so the possible bad side effects of the injuries for Baker, the heel is the worst one because they're not doing a lot of rolling with him. He's he's pretty much dropping back. He's starting in the gun, but he's stationary in the pocket. Step up in the pocket. Run away if you have to. Um, but they're, no, they're not doing a lot of designed roles with Baker now. because. And so I kind of hope they get the tender, the tender heel out of his injury list. Hopefully they've been able to do therapy and everything with his foot to where we can get the heel at rest. I tell you what, that's why I'm encouraged about this next game because you've got a lot of time to really heal on at least the knee and the heel. And I think if those two things, and I'm I'm assuming the groin is going to get better well, as well. Yeah, but you can you get know. Baker. Baker, you could miraculously heal his labrum right now, okay? And if they're going to call plays like they've been calling, it's not going to help, okay? And Kevin Stefanski mm. needs to be doing some work between him and Alex Van Pelt figuring out how we can get the stupid out of our play calling. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Kevin's being really stern, and I'm not saying he shouldn't call plays because a lot of the football pundits think he's one of the best in the league, but I don't know if there's a problem for him to relinquish well, some well, of that. Yeah, duty I just to the want OC. anybody who says that, anybody who says that, fresh perspective. Anybody who says that, I want to hear their answer to the question about that fucking stupid ass trick play call. I mean, it would be different if you were having such a problem moving the ball that you weren't currently on a first down where you had just gained 37 yards. Yeah, exactly. Why would you do that? Right then, in that context, what, what kind of analytics is the Browns doing that says that's the right thing to do there? Why do you think you have to fool somebody when what you were doing fundamentally but, but, was but, working? That's what I'm trying to tell you. It doesn't matter if you're talking analytics or if you're talking just good old-fashioned football play calling. Right. <clears throat> Neither one of those systems of understanding of what to do in a particular down and distance tell you to do that then. Exactly. And so I don't know, I don't know what the fuck card, that, I don't know like, what the what hell was on that? the card he was looking at, but somebody take that card from his ass. <laughs> oh my shit. God, that shit. Look, I'm not saying you can't ever, but see, it, you know, when you do a play like that, that means you're doing stuff at free will all throughout the game. You well, that's, that's, it's, it, it kind of starts yeah. coming off like that. It's just, hey, pick a fucking play. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know, okay, so I, I get to see this a lot. You know, because I work with music software and stuff. You know, you'll get to some of these things. But it might be a piece of beatbox software, or a melody generator or whatever. And what they'll always have, one of the buttons will look like a little dice. Right? You just roll the dice and you do something random. 
And sometimes that works out really good. You know, happy accident, man. There's so much music that's been created on happy accident. It's ridiculous. Um, sometimes it don't. Yeah, but, well, first of all, you never hear the accidents that aren't happy. Okay. Nobody ever publishes right. those. Okay. Oh, my God. Right. That's unfortunate. Um, But on the football, you can't hit the fucking... You can't hit the dice button and go for happy accident because when your accident ain't happy, the people ain't happy with you. Okay. God, <laughs> uh, no shit. Because the scoreboard has to live with the result of that unhappy accident. Yeah, uh, right. Anyway, guys, it, it, again, I, do yeah, you guys want to yeah. look at the stats of that last game? Uh, no, not me. I don't either. Nah, How about you, Jeff? I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to. It's a, it was an ugly to. game. It, it was, was an ugly game. game. Our running game didn't do good. Yeah, it's like yeah. Miles Garrett got a sack. It's Miles like Garrett seeing a, a picture sack. of an that's, ugly that's person and then analyzing every sit on their face. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, Miles Garrett got a sack in that game. That's about the only good thing that came out of it. Like the numbers. Hey, right. get, really I was happy to see that it was early too. Yeah. You know, and it was sad, too, because I remember thinking to myself at the time he got that sack was, OK, we got the good stuff out the way. Now let's get our ass kicked. OK, because <laughs> I wanted, you know, I was like, I want Miles to get his miles to get his sack for the game. And I, yeah. I figured it was going to be much later in the day. And I don't think we sacked him again, did we? Do uh, maybe do Malik, do maybe Malik got one. I think Malik got one. After that, uh, do we want to do predictions on the final five games? Or hell what? no, <laughs> you ain't quoting me on this shit, man. I don't know how this is gonna go. If I, you know, feel, I don't want to jinx you, it either. Look, if you want to, if you feel like you want to predict it, because see, if it doesn't go the way you said, we're going, we're going to blame you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not predicting this. Listen, I am along for the ride. I have faith that given things coming together like they should, um, that the Browns are capable of putting together a really nice stretch. I don't know if you go four and one, if you go five and oh, maybe going three and two on those last five can get you there. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to say this. I was confident in the fact that if we lost the Lions, basically the season was over. Okay. Uh-huh. We beat the Lions. We didn't need to go into bye week with a loss to the Lions anywhere. Right. Okay. Um, we lost to the the Ravens. We have the Ravens right after. Right. I'm going to go on a limb and say if we do not beat the Ravens, this season is probably oh, no, done. No, it's over. No, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. Any scenario you've got in your brain that has the Browns succeeding and winning making out. the playoffs starts with a win after this bye. Yeah, yeah. I okay. don't see them losing to the Ravens and then winning out in this grand no. fashion to go to the playoffs. And, but but I, 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 what I'm trying to say to you is if you lose to the Ravens, even if you win out, I don't think you make the playoffs. The math would doesn't support you because you still... Okay. You rely too much on other people. No, Ravens, to, to, with a win over you, okay... Even if the Ravens split their last four, they still win the division. Because, by the way, if you go one and four and the Ravens is the only loss, that means you beat the Bengals, so you take their big competition for the division winner out of the way last week of the season. Right. 
Okay, now, now you lose to the Ravens, even if you do win out, if you're the Browns, you don't make the playoffs. Well, you any, know, any still... scenario you got in your brain that yeah. says the Browns make the playoffs starts with a win against the Ravens after the bye in Cleveland. You, you know, there's still a, somebody apparently broke down the mathematical possibility of why the Lions have not been eliminated officially from the playoffs because they could technically still win out and still make the playoffs if this happens, this happens, this happens, this happens, and they basically laid it all out. Right. That's the, they, as a matter of fact, the Lions have the kind of chance for the playoffs that the Browns used to have. You'd, you'd, get, you'd, you'd get either like last week in November, first week of December, somebody would come out and tell you, how the Browns had a mathematical chance they could still make the playoffs, right? And you're like, yeah, but that'll the never happen. happen. Right. Yes, now, the, the Browns literally have, by the way, a low percentage chance to make the playoffs right now. Oh, lower than 50% chance that the Browns are going to make the playoffs at all. Okay. They have to start playing <clears throat> good, real good ball. But. But but they literally at six and six with twelve games played, guys. This is a team that even if you don't make the playoffs, you're gonna be in the hunt the rest of the way unless they lose out. Okay. Right. All right. Now, I'm not telling you being in the hunt's a good thing, but you've before Baker's Browns last year, you haven't legitimately been in a playoff hunt since before the Browns left for Baltimore. Okay, right. so, it's, I mean, I guess you were legitimately in one in 2007. And again, what was it? Oh, two. We actually made the playoffs and lost to the Steelers in the first round. Right. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, you know, discounting yeah. those two years, because I don't, you know, remember we in 07, we went 10 and six and somehow managed to sit home and watch anyway. Uncle Hugh dropped. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, I'm good. I'm back. Oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, six and one half dozen the other, but, um, I, I I won't predict what the Browns are going to do. I can't tell you. I'd love to say I think the Browns are going to come out and win. I'm going to be rooting for them too. I just don't know because a lot of a lot to me depends on, and I think you're going to know something about your head coach too. And by the way, right? If what we learn about our head coach is on the negative side, in other words, those changes don't get made where they're supposed to be at that level. We're going to subsequently learn some stuff about Andrew Barry because I don't expect him to turn around and fire Kevin Stefanski. No, nah, he won't. But but he may well insist that we get somebody to call the plays. And if Van Pelt's not that guy, well, then get us an OC who can. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, the other way to look at this as well, a way to look at this as well is that the Browns are in a position last year, they're underdogs for what they did. This year, they were expected to do it, okay? Now, they sit here and lose against the Ravens, and then we become this team that, like you said, just sitting there teetering, hey, we're still kind of in it, you know, but now we're kind of dream destroyers because no one expects us to get there now, right? Right. Because we lose to the Ravens, no one will be expecting us to get to the playoffs, okay? So now, all of a sudden, we play good. We know what the problem with the team is. They're crumbling under the pressure of what they should be able to do and what they're expected to, okay? It's a different thing to do something when you're not expected to and be like, okay, the pressure's off. I can just right. go out there and do it. You know, like, that can't be how you do But, but When that, you're good, someone's going to go. expect you to do it. But there you go. Saying... Exactly what I'm saying in another way. It's about focus, guys. No, it's about focus, guys. 
What, what's, what's Belichick's and the Patriots model all the time? Do your job. Right. Well, your job is to yeah. worry about your job and to worry about what people expect you to do. It's That's about not your job. It. That's not your job. Your job is to go out there and do your job. I don't care if that's the head coach. I don't care if that's the quarterback. Hey, I don't care if it's the ball boy. I'm going to bring him up. I know we're coming to the end here. Okay. Cause I was going to bring him up anyway. You know, my favorite do your job team right now. The Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers. That's yeah. right. Everybody yeah, on that team. They have actually. Night? Oh yep. my God. And somebody actually pointed something out and I agree with it. They are probably the team in the league that is playing the best team ball. Team, maybe exactly. maybe outside of the Golden State Warriors, I'll still give the Golden State Warriors their their due on that. They're they're a team that is has elite players but do play team ball. Okay, but their Cavs are probably the best team ball playing team in the league right now. They had three. They'll they'll go a game and the leading scorer switches from some amount of guys. They had another. What was the? It was wasn't last game, but it was the game before that. They had every starter was in double figures. Wow. At double figures. Hey, and right. and if the playoffs were to start today, the Cavs are the sixth seed. They don't even have to play in. They're just in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I like about them? They're hungry and they play with no fear. And Garland is good. Oh and my god. Do you realize Sexton isn't playing as good? Do you for realize how phenomenal out. it is for a team with the kind of roster the Cavs have in this day's NBA? To be in December still above five hundred. It's a oh young my God. team. If you go down the roster, their starting lineup is so young. And they are on a four game win streak, folks. And this yes, isn't the first this isn't the first four game win streak this season. No, it's not. Look, it's real interesting the situation the Cavs are in. I wouldn't say they're the youngest team in the league, but their starting five might be. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which means, like, they're sitting here doing as well as they are right now. The they veterans are on noise, the bench, baby. The they veterans are noise on the this bench. Year. Where, right. The veterans are on the bench where they should be. <clears throat> the, yeah. the young guys are the ones who are starting. Yeah, I, was just noticed, I was just noting the other day when there was, you know, Love's coming off the bench in the, in the, in the Mavericks win and the announcer saying that, you know, Used to be a, a guaranteed double double. Now he's twelve and nine off the bench. I'm like, that's the most expensive twelve and nine we've ever had. Ever had, but okay. you know what? Right now, it, the Cavs are almost looking like geniuses right now, though, because every young team needs that kind of guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't even have to rely on him to be a starter because your rookie is going for rookie of the year. You mm-hmm. have a a center who is playing well <laughs> above what you thought he was going to be. He's playing amazing. Okay. You had one of the best block, best blocking games. The Cavs have had almost in history. The game before you and got your backup st- guard eight. and your backup guard is filling in nicely for you guys. Yeah, Ricky lost for the Euros year. looking like what people thought he was going to be when he came to the league. The first out time. of the Euro league. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Now you, now Amen. he's looking like that dude. That's the, like, they're Kevin looking. Love. Garland is looking Garland's looking like the second coming of Mark Price. He's mm-hmm. a crazy good free throw shooter, okay? He's yeah. he's, yeah. he's right. He's now let me ask you something. Though. Without the without the absence of Sexton, would we know this about Garland yet? I think they know it, but he wouldn't be showing what he is showing he can be the primary guard. Of right, team. that's it. That's my okay. point. I mean, I don't think that they even acquired him 
with the idea that they needed him to be what he's being now. No, because you had sex. No. You needed him to be yeah. a complimentary guard to uh, now he's right. showing he can be the guard. Right. You don't even necessarily which, need which, that. By doesn't the way, mean you want to get rid of sex. By the way, wait, wait, but, but sex and blew a knee, right? Right. Okay. All I'm saying is, it, as a, from a team standpoint, you could be in a worse place having one in the hand now that oh, you yeah. know can do the job when you don't know how a guy's gonna come back off a knee. And to top and thank all God of it was off. just a men, if if I'm correct if I'm remembering right with Sesson it's just a meniscus tear right 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 okay, yes, but yes those yes. listen and I understand I had a meniscus tear the meniscus tear itself is not the bad part when it becomes unmanageable is when it goes what's called bucket handle so the tear happens mm-hmm. across this you know the horizontal plane of the uh, the meniscus, but then that, that flesh gets folded over. So where the, what used to be the inside is outside and being contacted by bone. Oh, that's some painful shit. And just yeah. talking about it. Um, but yeah. And so then you got to get it stitched up, you know, and then, you know, especially if you're going to be athlete, athleting on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I so mean, he, the chances that he'll come back off of that are great. Okay. Oh yeah, that's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, you guys. I are mean, talking about, but it's nice to have a guy anyway, oh, yeah, isn't it? That kind of injury sucks. Oh yeah, look. And then my last point I was going to get to you. We talk about all of that, right? And then you have we have a defensive. See, this is why I think it worked out so well with having Colin out. Not that I do not. I, I want them to not have Colin Sexton, right? But you have Garland, who's basically showing I can be the guard. You don't necessarily have to have a, another score at guard we have a defensive shooting guard okay okoro is a awesome defensive shooting guard he's a little bit below average in the shooting i think that's going to get better right so you basically have this combination a guard who can fill the bucket get the assist a guard who can the other guard can guard whoever we need him to guard right absolutely a small forward who is oversized for the position he was a all he was all rookie team, was about near a rookie of the year himself, okay? Sustained an injury. We pretty much got, I think, a diamond in the rough off of that, right? He's a crazy good three-point shooter, okay? So he's a seven-footer, can shoot the three. You can't stop that shot, right? But he can do the other stuff you need him to do, too. He could rebound if you need him to. He defends. He may not be there. There may be times where we need to run can a different lineup because he isn't the quicket. I know, right? Yeah. Can we get him in there and play quarterback? <laughs> right. So you got Markin in at small forward, and then you have Mobley, who's looking like your rookie of the year at power forward, and then you got Allen filling in. They have a, they are in a stupid, awesome situation. So I wanted to make and sure to mention them. And was a good them. coach, I might add. And the coach, their coach is, I love the <laughs> coach. He's awesome. He's the fact that he has them playing the ball that they're playing right now, right? <clears> the way <throat> they are. And I'm like, man, this dude, like, <clears throat> Well, I always liked, listen, I always liked, I always liked his daddy. Okay. As a coach, Bickerstaff. Okay. Yeah. His father was a fantastic coach. And I, I told myself when the Cavs said that that was our new head coach, that, that if he's as good as his daddy, we ain't gonna have no problem. And you know what's funny about that? When you get those kind of coaches, though, sometimes you're like, well, is this just one of those guys he's filling in while the team sucks? Yeah, yeah, you know you what wonder, I mean? But I think, I think in this regard, either way, 
he's foiling their plans if that's why he had. Oh yeah, had he's completely. Yeah. He's looking at for coach of the year. They oh, keep yeah, playing like this. Yeah, they yeah absolutely. The keep going. If we can get the year, if we can get to the end of this month, and we're still talking about the Cavs hanging up and a little bit above or around five hundred. Yeah, you're talking coach of the year material. Nobody for real. will be able to say they predicted that. And there's absolutely nobody who's going to be able to say they predicted the Cavs to even be oh, close no. to the playoffs. And they're this holding year. on to the sixth and, seed right now yeah, in yeah. on December the freaking fourth. They're beating teams convincingly. They're hanging with the elite teams, and then the teams they're supposed to beat, they're beating them. That's totally amazing. Right so, so, guys, we're going to do this. We're going to get out of here because because we've talked an hour and some odd minutes about about just how bad Baker Mayfield is. Yeah. No, that's not what we talked about. Don't let nobody. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I, was, I was joking. Baker Mayfield's the dude, man. And are the Browns going to win? Of course they're going to win. Because yeah, that's, that's what we do when our back's against the wall, baby. Right? Look, that's what the Browns got. You keep trying to tell people. <laughs> what I'm telling you is this is Paul, Hugh, and Jeff for TBF, a Browns fans podcast, telling you that the next time we talk to you, it'll be under better circumstances. Or I sure hope. So in yeah. the meantime, the in-between time, and until it's that time, what time's that? Time to talk about a Browns win over the Baltimore Ravens in Cleveland. Hopefully wearing brown jerseys and orange pants, guys. That's my favorite uniform. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they might yeah, need baby. to bring out the orange pants. Yeah, time to break out the orange pants, baby. We need that mojo. Until then, boys. Yeah. We're out. Basement Tapes Production. Yeah.